Please spread the word about my shows. I'm an independent creator and I would really appreciate it. I make K-pop guides, as well as I have exclusive interviews with songwriters, journalists, the artists themselves, best new music roundup episodes, artist-specific deep dive episodes, episodes about the history of K-pop, all sorts of content is covered. So to get your fill and support an independent creator, please check out 17 Karat K-pop wherever you get your podcasts, and view an episode guide at howtostand.substack.com. Hello everybody, welcome back to 17 Karat K-pop. My usual caveats I have to give before I go into my picks for best of the month. The best new music roundup I take very, very seriously. I try to get into my objective music critic mindset when I do this. I really, really take it seriously. My ranking and review of them. I listen to literally hundreds of new releases every month in J-pop, J-rock, C-pop, C-rock, K-pop, K-rock, Thai music, all sorts of music. So to narrow that down to 20, most standout out of all that, very hard to narrow it down. So I'm not coming for your faves or whatever if they're not on the list. It's not a diss to anyone. There can only be so many slots filled. But I hope you understand and stay tuned because at the end, I always give so many honorable mentions. So your fave might get a shout out there. Without further ado, let's get to number 20. Yenna, Smartphone. She is finally, finally back as this really, really cute smiley superhero. It's been way too long. She really left me hanging with smiley. This time, admittedly, there are some plot points I'm disappointed she didn't follow up about. We still don't know how the snowstorm ended, really, or why it started, or how to prevent it. No follow-up on BB's character, on the diner patrons. There's a lot I would have loved to see some continuation of, but at least she's the same superhero on another really cute adventure. This time focused on her smartphone and cyber skills. It's very, very, this is such a niche reference, but I was one of those weird kids who loved this show. It's very Lazy Town-esque, just like the show Lazy Town, with its very, very, very bizarre kids' TV show aesthetic that just brings me back to Lazy Town days. Although I do think it was a missed opportunity that the guy with the chicken mascot head was not the same guy in the CCTV room in the Smiley video. That would have been a funny full circle moment. I'm very excited and really, really hopeful this superhero character remains in future comebacks. I will take this superhero going on new adventures, but not tying up loose ends from before, over her abandoning the persona entirely. As for the B-sides, the most celebratory, high-energy one is you, the letter U. But the other songs are quite sing-along ready too, and with or without, has hints of Beautiful by Dreamcatcher in it. Number 19. Ha Sun Woon, Strange World. Since this is his first comeback since leaving Star Crew Entertainment, it's a fitting time to reintroduce himself in his multitudes. So on some of the songs, like Say Yes and Baby Blue, he just gives off this chill summer day vibe, the youthful sound and image we've come to know and love. Also present in the highlight medley video, where he's in this kind of 2D hand-drawn TV. But he also shows off his mature, dramatic side with the focus music video. He's following around this mystery woman, doing fancy footwork, rocking a cowboy look. He shows off his multitudes and just brought to us another great release. Number 18. Lee Jin Hyuk, Sight, with a 5 instead of an S. I really think he has outdone himself. This is his best release yet. It shows him more confident than ever, with a more memorable sound than ever, very in-your-face, bold instrumentals. The song Crack that highlights the album, an alt-rock song that fittingly is addictive in a banger. The same boldness carries over into Exit. Those two songs are my favorites. Number 17. Say the name, 17. From 20, one of my faves who I will continue to hype up and shout he's so underrated for the world to hear for the foreseeable future, he's back in his perfect musical sweet spot with another synth pop bop in Chemical. In the video, make some really interesting choices. Color-wise, chapter-wise, it splits up the story, and different colors are associated with different parts of the video. Shout out to him for the Igor, Tyler the Creator album, in the background of the pink scene. I saw that. Good taste. Symbolically, he's, throughout the video, the audience member. But at the very end, he's the person on stage, grabbing the mic and rocking out. He became the star of his own story, and by the end he's not just in his flannel, 
he's in a bright yellow outfit. So he made himself feel happy and ready to get back out there. No one else. He needed himself and that was it. To feel complete again, ready to move on. I also find the video artful for the ways it chooses to use the lyrics. So it kind of doubles as a lyric video with some lyrics, some choice lyrics on the screen in interesting ways. On the screen when they appear like subtitles in a movie or tilted sideways when he is feeling thrown upside down, thrown for a loop. Other times it's like his inner monologue. So they take on different roles and amplify their meaning through the ways they're added to the format of the video. Number 16. Does sell. Hypnotize. This is a dizzyingly fast-paced 8-track album. It has this sound to some of the instrumentals I call the runaway sound. Like piano keys and stuff are just going haywire, sprinting in every direction. That runaway piano sound is definitely on Honey Bee, one of the best songs. There's this frantic guitar I love on the all-too-short bop, Rogue. Cool electric guitar riffs and strings in Missing. ID has crescendo on top of crescendo, peak suspense on top of peak suspense, build up on top of build up. Vagabond is another standout for the dope instrumental only moments. Number 15. Yuha, love you more. She is such an underrated vocalist. Last Dance is just such a, a pleasant song to listen to on loop. It is such a vibe. Her voice just carries this alluring song. The other songs are very smooth too. Her vocals are just so stellar and underrated. It's not all just smooth though. She does change things up into a rap-like delivery for Flower Rain. She gets vibey slower on Weave, a turn for the more rock-leaning sound on Numb, and distorts her vocals alongside some dark, crashing synths on Satellite. Overall, this release just shows she has a lot of overlooked potential. Number 14. Jaehyun from NCT with his solo song Forever Only. First of all, just a moment of appreciation for this profound lyric. How familiar these streets, still we'd get lost in them. Really romantic poetry there. And Jaehyun really is a poster boy for a modern day romance story. He has just that really nice clean cut guy look to him and this very true to him classic simple aesthetic fashion sense mannerism. He just is a good clean cut boy. That's his image and he embodies that so well. A sweet romance song that takes a been there done that premise, the ocean wave analogy about how quickly love can rush towards or away from you, and kind of doing a new thing with it, with those other lyrics about feeling lost in time, new way to phrase the same analogy we've seen many times before. Plus he adds the irreplaceable visual component, the dramatic posing in the water by the ocean, love 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 the white shirt he wears and all the other simple but admirable nods to to the NCT Highway to Heaven era. Love, love, love the return of that. And he keeps it pretty simple, but still interesting and different with the camera work because sometimes the shot goes black and white, sometimes it goes concave lens style, sometimes it's in one location, sometimes it flips to another, all helping to switch things up. And lastly, his voice. I mean, no words. Number 13. Craxy, C-R-A-X-Y, Who Am I? They are back, and I think they really do thrive most with this villainous, evil queen warrior princess kind of thing aesthetic. These cinematic regal figures, and they're otherwise just choreography-heavy, literally dark videos. They have these really fierce red and black leather looks, their single undercover is a bop and a half, and they deliver the line so perfectly with their smirks. You can kind of feel just with their delivery. Really well done. They really take on the role and excel. I think the song Lion would work really well on a playlist next to Crazy by Wanho. Number 12. Lucy, Childhood. They've always caught my eye, not just because I admire Mystic Story, their company, who also is behind Billy, but because they play their own instruments and stand out as a band for their violin string focus. Not many acts in the world of K-pop, K-pop adjacent tunes play their own instrument, let alone the violin, but they make it feel very contemporary and catchy. This album is full of emotions. It's quite a ride down memory lane, making the title very appropriate. 
Some songs are lighter than others, others are more instrumentally dense, but all the while, it's quite a roller coaster, as is the music video for Play. They're just going through the daily grind as adults, looking annoyed as they run errands, holding a briefcase dressed for work while walking on a treadmill, etc. But then a little boy, presumably representing their inner child, enters the picture and things get more fun. They have a birthday party, they fill the space with bubbles, balloons, they run around and play. He goes through this wall, one of the adults, goes through a wall, leaving the grocery store and entering the playground again, back to being his childlike self the premise of the whole album about the vast amount of benefits of getting back in touch with your inner child, what that does for your spirit and energy. Another symbolic detail worth admiring is that at one point in the video, there's this spotlight, a lone spotlight in a room. The grown man is very concerned, very nervous looking, despises it. But the little boy in the spotlight, he's grinning from ear to ear, and he gets so many cheers, so much applause, and so you're left being able to interpret that in different ways, but I interpret it as the spotlight and the focus on everything you do being more intense in adulthood, that's not necessarily naturally, inevitably scary. You can enjoy the spotlight you feel like has moved on you and use that spotlight to remind people, hey, we can all get back in touch with our little kid selves, right? It's all about finding a new zest for life. Number 11. Araki. Idea. I believe there is a disc 2 that you can't stream yet. If you find it on Spotify or something at some point, please alert me to it, but half the songs unfortunately appear to be CD only which is actually not uncommon for Japanese artists still. The tracks you can stream include an assortment of rock songs and some very EDM-focused ones like Gold Tokyo, lots of fun electronic controlled chaos. There's a very cartoonish, interesting feel to A New Voice, more of a punk vibe on the Disc 2 songs. It's overall just a warp speed rock album with some pop and EDM influences in there and a voice that is just perfect for rock and just drama no matter what. The best song I'm gonna say is Evacuation. Number 10. I've After Like. Alright, I'm saying it right now. Remember this later. The ultimate rookie girl groups just destined to conquer K-pop in the years to come, I think, are I've Kepler and New Jeans. The iconic trio. Really see a big future for Ive, and they're back with another bop after like. Their outfits match well with the disco flair of the song. I'm a little confused because some sources say they sampled Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. Other sources say it's an interpolation. I believe it's an interpolation technically. There is a big difference though, so I don't know why those words are being used interchangeably. Interpolating would be recreating the sound. Sampling is a direct overt copy-paste, basically. If you have clarity about if it is a sampler interpolation, feel free to share that with me. But either way, they really do a nice job taking inspiration from it, but also not making that the focal point. Really doing their own thing, too. They continue to have this very distinct aesthetic, full of fireworks and sparkles, a big party. It's also a visually just a resting video because they each have a key color. So they each have a different room they stand in that's all their main color. Dark blue, Barbie pink, red, sunflower yellow, and their outfit matches, the props match everything. And then they all come together while wearing white and then black. And then they all really bring everything together with this big rainbow backdrop in the most screenshot-worthy moment of the video, where we see a silhouette over the rainbow background. Really quite a kaleidoscope. And shout out to Gaul, because After Like is actually the first time she raps in a title track. The B-side, My Satisfaction, definitely does satisfy. They really know how to leave an impact, even though they have two song releases. That's impressive. And there is so much to My Satisfaction. The sound effects, the way their voices do back up for each other, the guitar crashes and waves. It's really, really anthemic. Number 9. 6. C.I.X. OK Episode 1. OK Not. The title track 458 actually has a couple different meanings. First of all, that's the keypad number order for ILU, I Love You. Second of all, those are the last digits of The Speed of Light. 
And the sun is all about wanting to sprint towards love and away from it simultaneously. The fear and joy that comes with such intense, passionate feeling, leaving you so torn so quickly. It changes your life so quickly. Third, 458 is a reference to the Ferrari model they're referencing, which again goes with the theme of intensity and speed towards or away from certain feelings. The theme of speed, though, is just scratching the surface when it comes to the themes on this release. As I talk about really in-depth in the episode called A Guide to Six, A Guide to CIX, they really have quite an interesting Dante's Inferno-inspired literary and poetic array of influences. Their origin story, music video world, there's a lot of context there. And they keep up that drama and the reference with the teaser images that quote from Purgatory 31, part of Dante's story, the part where they talk about unveiling yourself to the world, letting loose this eternal light. A teaser video had a similar excerpt taking from a scene talking about finding your innermost virtue, but also realizing every action has a reaction, basically kind of about karma. They get into the spiritual inspiration of sorts with the angel wing symbolism as well in the video. So they keep the lore of previous releases, but they also thematically go for a new premise as well. And the B-sides are also just fun. Then the rules is very unconventional, naturally. Without You is very interesting how the instrumental is cohesive, but also busy. And Drown in Love is kind of a power ballad that ties together the opening and ending tracks nicely. Number 8. Twice, between 1 and 2. What I love about this comeback is that it's such a great blend of old and new twice. It continues this very organic trajectory where they keep the essence of who they've always been and keep adding on to it. The shout-out to Once, their fandom, in the title and the music video in general, really classically them, the L-O-V-E, arm movements in the choreography, very classically twice, the cutesiness of it all, the sonic core of the album, all classic twice. But what's new is their hands-on involvement in this release, as well as some of their influences sonically. Queen of Hearts is kind of a, an interesting guitar-focused pivot with some catchier high notes than I thought. It sounds a bit like I Can't Stop Me, which is a very good thing. And their live performance version of it, a must-watch, really helps you grow to appreciate their vocal talent because beneath all the visual treats in their work, they do have a lot of raw talent. They also go back to the 90s with this 90s pop-inspired melody. Love the Yes or Yes reference in the song. And that it was composed by Wu Ming Li, who worked on Knock Knock and The Feels. There's lots of synthy fun on Basics, Trouble. Trouble has some interesting pace changes as well. The standout vocals on the album come from Brave. And more proof that they have just vocal talent is a sweet and fitting conclusion for the album, When We Were Kids, where they all sing the chorus in unison. The perfect encapsulation of how this releases this in-between stage of growing up and remembering who they've always been. They go on a fun adventure in the Talk That Talk video, breaking up into three groups of spies, Pathfinder, Archive, Cryptography. Their overall mission is to figure out how to hear L-O-V-E from their fans. And the video ends with a QR code, which will take you to the Twice Instagram post where they announce their fandom name. I also must say, y'all know I'm a Nyan bias, but this is Sana's era. Sana really is just thriving right now. This concept suits her so well. Shout out to Jihyo, who composed, wrote, and provided vocal direction for Trouble. Cheyun for writing Basics and Taeyeon for writing When We Were Kids and Gone. Number 7. Millet, Always You In the music video, she wears a really cute outfit first of all. This bright yellow sundress with a manicure to match, white lace jacket on top, and she goes to comfort and hang out with this lonely little lost wall-e-looking robot. This adorable, friendly, lonely robot is just sitting under a tree. She goes to get him and have a very cute montage of happy friendship memories. But then Millet goes back to her more dramatic, rich, instrumentally layered sound for the B-sides. The sound I've raved about in essays on my substack in episode after episode, why she truly is one of my all-time favorite soloists. 
Her voice is so raw and emotional and commanding. It like redirects and controls the course of the instruments. Her voice is like the tool that guides songs. Very powerful stuff. The way the instrumentals are placed as if responding to her vocal cues. Like in Clan, her voice starts off right away. Then this deep percussion enters the picture. Then later, as if on cue, the piano comes in. Into the Mirror is also quite a trip to listen to. After some of her vocals, there's this heavy silence. Then this peak drama starts getting to quicken up the pace. Her vocals stun and grow more intense as the instruments do. Like they both know it's time to reach the crescendo as one. And in a possible nod to some of her previous releases, she ends with that phone receiver style voice like she has in past songs. Like this was all just a big dramatic phone call. Other potential nods to her previous work that I found clever, the fact she plays chess with this cute robot, a nod to her Checkmate era, and the cover art, which features, if you look closely, it's not her looking down at a bunch of little flowers, but actually little trees now. Before, she was in a cage on her Unordinary Days cover art. The flowers trapped her, and now she has whole trees and is above them, like she's come out of something, symbolizing like she's come out of some struggle. Number six, I deeply apologize if I don't say this right, 4S4KI, Killer in Neverland. Where are my Grimes enthusiasts, out-of-this-world-sounding, atmospheric, hyperpop enthusiasts, assemble? Because she's giving us everything we want. A hyperpop dream from the first song, which is Cyberspace, will just pull you in. Lots of collabs on here with Mishima Soshi, who I did an interview with for the site many months ago. Shameless plug, their vibes go really well together. They're both very unique. The songs are immersive, and what really brings that home are the little things. Sort of preemptive attack makes you feel like your phone is glitching, like there's a bug in your system. Bounce dance sounds like you're in the middle of a computer game. So does Bystander. Into the Darkness sounds like you indeed have gone there in the middle of some sort of haunted ritual dark magic situation. Sweet Dream sounds like she's trying to get on the phone with an alien. That's the best way I can describe it. Suck My Life sounds like you're listening to her piano recital from a room down the hall. Freedom Kingdom has an unsettling Blair Witch Project-esque music video. She's just really doing her own unique thing. If you want the more pop-ish sound, more mainstream pop, I guess you could say, try Cross Out. And if you want something more punk, Paranoia. Number five, Blackpink, Pink Venom. Pink Venom really showed me what the big deal is about Blackpink. If people are still like, what's the big deal about Blackpink? Pink Venom really sums it up. It's because they provide so much to look at and listen to. Like, there's so much for your eyes and ears to take in that you have to keep re-watching and re-listening. So even if at first you think this sounds annoying, but there are all these details you have to pick up on in the music. So you end up re-listening and re-listening until you're obsessed. Similarly, in the videos, you walk away thinking, what did I just watch? There was so much going on there with the choreography, with the plot, with the visuals, with the outfit changes. What did I just watch? So you have to rewatch to take in all the details. So actually, I do think part of the reason their view counts and streaming numbers are so high is because there are a lot of rewatchers and replayers. Their content just merits rewatching, re-listening. But also, I do think they attract a huge quantity of individual listeners and viewers because there is just so much to process. First of all, this time they really showed this massive amount of special effects. The fire, earth, wind, water, basically controlling all the elements. They give time for each individual to kind of have their own scene that matches their personality. Jenny personally, like, in her own runway. Rosé rocking out with guitar in that really cute leather outfit. Juicy with a pretty dress and braid. Plus, I love at the beginning, they incorporate a traditional Korean string instrument, and Jisoo gets to do the intro. She also has this Hanbok-inspired design that brings to mind how you like that. So lots of fashion to look at, possible nods to past eras. Then there's the choreography, really fun to try to do along with them. There's the ad-lib nature of some of their lyrics. There are the lyrics that nod back to other pop icons, Rihanna's Pondé Replay, Taylor Swift's Look What You Made Me Do. Then there are the lyrics about being a poisonous flower that perfectly sum up the duality that is evident in a band called Blackpink. 
There are a lot of other nods to just the core of who Blackpink is in this video. Apple core pun, not intended, but there is an apple with a bite taken out of it. It's a black apple and the inside is pink. There's also a subtle moment where Jenny's solo choreography is recreated a bit and incorporated into a new routine. They also keep you listening and watching because they mix up combinations of members. This one I think does a particularly good job giving each member time to shine. And some new pairings I would love to see more often. Jenny and Lisa in their hip-hop outfits rapping together. Would love more of that. Jisoo and Rosé singing together for the pre-chorus and the bridge. Sort of fun fact, KBS won't play this song because they have a no brand name rule. You can't promote a brand name in your song. And there's a lyric about being dressed up in Celine. Lisa actually wore Celine to the VMAs, so that's a nice detail. On top of all of that feast for the eyes and ears, there's also just the sheer scale of promo. They geared up for it with the suspenseful comeback teasers as usual. But also just little tidbits of news, just revealing like, this is the most expensive video for Blackpink to date. Very, very vague, in some ways, suspense-heightening details. And then they lit up some iconic towers around the world, pink, on release day. Number four, be first, be one. This J-pop group reminds me of Super Dragon in just their musical range, the range of genres they pull from. Lots of rapping and singing, electronic fun in Gifted, dramatic piano for Grateful Pain, another pop ballad with the guitar-backed message, a percussion focus on Scream, a lower tempo song Moment, the R&B Softly, the most down-the-middle pop, Be Free, the rock guitar-focused Brave Generation. Honestly, a couple of these songs really brought to mind Cravity for me. Millie Billy reminds me of Gas Pedal by Cravity. Move On reminds me of Break All the Rules by Cravity. My favorite though I must admit is still the pre-release I raved about before, Betrayal Game. Such an addictive earworm of an instrumental with a very smooth, just loop-worthy, addictive vocal delivery. Number three, Novel Core, No Pressure. The main single, Imaginative Fantasista, oh my gosh, I've had it on loop pretty much all of August. So, so freaking catchy. One of his best songs ever, honestly. The way he sings and plays the role of a circus ringleader, basically, in the music video, starting flash mob dance parties of sorts, mixing up a stuffy dinner party setting, the way he kind of conducts the audience, and gives another Japanese favorite artist, Sky High, a special cameo in the video. He just really commands and embodies that showmanship, and it's just such a fun foot-tapping good time. Aside from that bop, though, the album is just a very fast-paced, time-flies-by-while-you're-listening-to-it experience. Lots of addictive bass lines for trouble, babble, lots of fun synths and just noise. The most typical trap-style song is No Stylist. No Pressure is more guitar-based and for fans of Woods. Happy Tears I raved about in an earlier Best of the Month episode that's a pre-release single with Ail the Shoda. Really just fun, feel-good road trip vibes. There's an odd skit that lasts six seconds after that that just sounds like someone pressed a button on a cassette tape or something, like indicating the show's over. And so Saw 9 can be forgiven for sounding out of place. Like, no, curtain closed. This separate encore thing is just the start of a different show because it is very stylistically different is when he strips away his usual electronic filters and just proves he can sing raw. But all in all, a very jovial release that I am just obsessed with. Number two, Billy, The Village of Perception, Chapter Two. Honestly, I have a whole other episode and or essay I'm toying with which option to go with, but I am going to talk at length about Billy's discography, music video universe, why they stand out to me so much. So stay tuned to this show and the newsletter and website. I have much more to say about Billy coming, but I just want to mark them on this list here. Drumroll please for number one. Key, Gasoline. First of all, I must admit I was disappointed that my SMCU Quania theory brain could not go into overdrive as usual like it did in those Espa and Quania episodes, Espa and Quania 101, and then Volume 2. Key explicitly said, My world building for this comeback is separate. It is not connected to the greater Quania slash SMCU story. So I was kind of disappointed by that, because I really wanted to do some theorizing and connecting. If you were a different SM Entertainment artist, I would say you're just saying that. You're 
teasing, you're lying. But knowing Key and how direct he is, I'm pretty sure he's being real with us. But he does tell his own unique, compelling story, world-building aside. He becomes this sort of androgynous god. It's like a mythology story, an origin story for a new ruler, meets a mad scientist story, burning to mind Chinese, Rocky Horror Picture Show-inspired, married to the music era. Very Halloween-ready, very campy, kooky, creepy in a fun way. That kind of aesthetic. Very specific to key, but also brings to mind shiny. Gasoline actually was not the title track at first, and he had a hard time picking a title track. It was actually almost called A-List, the song title, but he didn't like that. There were actually 30 different SM Entertainment staff members who voted on what should be Key's title track. What should the name of it be? 27 out of 30 voted against Gasoline, but Key said too bad, I'm going with Gasoline. His vote, I guess, outweighs all the others. He co-wrote that song with Kenzie, who was actually also working on at the same time Forever One by Girls' Generation. I don't know if this is just me, feel free to share your thoughts, but Gasoline's instrumental gives me major Industry Baby vibes. The song Industry Baby by Lil Nas X. Just saying. A very good thing. And also a very good thing is his return to the retro synth-pop sounds of Bad Love. He has this runway-ready bound. Burn is also really well done. Love the wavy synth in Guilty Pleasure, another runway-ready bop in Ain't Gotta Dance, Another Life is a really standout track. It was a great choice for a pre-release. Really helped me get hyped up and excited for the full album. The song Proud, Key wrote the lyrics to, actually inspired by the parenting diary his mom used to keep. So it's a cute way to end it. And the piano is kind of unexpectedly with this bouncy beat that kind of reminds me of DKB. Of course, another B-side I have to shout out is Villain, because his voice is balanced out with Jeno's really special husky voice, and we love Jeno. If you want to hear more about the Shiny members' inspiration from retro-futuristic pop culture, I get into that in the episode called Give It Up For Shiny. Now for some honorable mentions. There are many. The Boys, Be Aware. This is totally my guess, but I think they very intentionally made Whisper an ASMR-style song. ASMR is kind of the trend they're leaning into, I think. Kooky in the best way, sound effect-filled songs too, lots of synths, chanting, guitars. The fan song Timeless is great if you just want to look at your bias dramatically, smiling and posing at some point. And it's very fitting that it ends the album, it's the special fan song they want you to linger on, and that they do sing it in unison rather than voices that are individually one by one performing. Shout out to Sunwoo, who gets a writing credit on every single song. And actually all the songs on here were created at least in part by the members themselves. The juxtaposition represented quite well with the fact the title track Whisper is written in all caps, and that the video is quite loud and vibrant and attention-holding. Bright pink clouds, pink smoke, a lot of props that look straight out of a limited two-store, so that's a fun accidental throwback. The fuzzy megaphone, the fuzzy box, all sorts of sweets that you would see on the counter at a store. It's like a trip to the mall, plus lots of cartoons, colorful flowers, balloons, It's a very, very fun, accidentally nostalgic party. Luminous. Luminous in Wonderland. Luminous really found their footing now. They finally found it, I think. Engine is a very fun, jovial, outer space playground, childlike video. Lots of just fun banter and antics among the members, goofing off, playing around like kids. Towards the end, the room turns glow-in-the-dark. Again, kind of the aesthetic of the kid's bedroom. The album lays out a whole new sound for them. It kicks off with a music box, and then they dive headfirst into that childlike, boyish vibe. The light and fun creature is titled ironically, I guess. Crazy is a really fun, bouncy song. There's this cool distorted bass in hologram, as well as engine. The best B-side, though, which reminds me of my underrated fave from 20, is Talking Myself. The most distinct from the rest of the album, so if you're not feeling the album but want to give one more song a try, the most distinct is Legend. It has the suspenseful, accelerating pre-chorus, which is where the highlight medley abruptly ends mid-pre-chorus buildup. It's got some traditional instruments added to the mix, and it just leaves this very lasting, unique impression. Girls' Generation, Forever One. Really great to see them back, having just so much fun together. 
you can tell they genuinely have chemistry, are true friends, have a true bond, and we're just happy to have a carefree comeback, coming together just like friends hanging out this time, not feeling pressured to do anything else but have fun together. They bring back some very, very iconic Girls' Generation eras, party, holiday, by choosing to go back to this vacation setting on a cruise ship with this nautical dress code. The title track does a good job making sure different members add personal twists to their look and sound. Taeyeon's lines let her powerhouse voice shine. Her outfit, too, gives me a bit of I Got Love era vibes. Hyo does this cute thing with her hair and makeup. They get to keep their own personal charms. They didn't have to sacrifice what makes them stand out individually to come together for a cool collective release. And you could tell they've been very nostalgic and in a it's-good-to-be-back celebration mode. Suyin actually said they requested a title track that would include at least one part that reminded them of Into the New World. They really wanted to harken back to that. Suyin actually helped write five songs, although two ended up making the final cut. This includes the song 17, love the title, good choice, which she wrote with Tiffany, their first time working together, on a song. Tiffany also composed Villain, and was even in control of directing the making of it. Just top to bottom, she worked on Villain, one of the best b-sides. Fun fact, maybe not so fun fact, the music video had a set design that came under criticism for allegedly plagiarizing, and they issued an apology and everything, but it was just a bizarre plot twist to find out the plagiarism was thought to be of Disney Sea Japan's 15th anniversary celebration. That was so not the plagiarism source I was expecting. Maybe everyone should just make amends and perform for everyone on a Disney cruise for real sometime. The cross-promo there is has a lot of potential. TXT's new Japanese EP, Good Boy Gone Bad. This three-track release includes Ring, which actually came out the end of July, a beautiful, slower, emotional song, Hitori Nyoru, and the Japanese version of Good Boy Gone Bad. The video did not disappoint. The Japanese version video has some really interesting Easter eggs in it. And it also is a nice reminder that the minisodes are a separate story. Chronologically, they're kind of outsiders. The video starts with the breaking news alert about the Thelma and Louise-inspired car over a cliff ending of the loser equals lover video. So it's just a nice reminder, hey, we're gonna get back to the main chronology after this. Don't forget what happened in the last big release. Yeonjun's acting continues to just be extra in all the right ways. He's so good at being angry. Really nice acting. Bumgyu too. We don't have time to dive into all of the many easter eggs, and if you want to find out more about the lore of TXT's music video world, you can check out my episodes about them. TXT's story recap, the TXT universe, mini so 2 theories, I've done quite a few. Anyway, the most notable though I will say now include that they're back at the skate park in the flashbacks, Huning Kai, several times, once again sees that fish symbol in the sky, like a fish-shaped cloud or something. And what looks like a contact lens, there's a close-up of it as it reaches the drain. Doesn't go down the shower drain, but reaches it. That just seems like an important detail to remember. It's quite a dramatic heist story, where these guys clearly stole some money, have to hide the evidence from cops. It seems very notable that one of them picks up his phone and doesn't get a response. And then it turns out Yeonjun was trying to call. Later we see Taeyeon looking very pained. I started theorizing Taeyeon was the one who called Yeonjun. So at first, no one was picking up or Yeonjun called Taeyeon. But one of them called, the other didn't pick up, and that's where the exasperation started because this is an emergency. They're trying to get away with robbery here. And they know that they're lashing out because of their desire for love. Truly, like, I love how much you can really genuinely psychoanalyze TXT's work. Because they never just do a heist mission movie or some other bad boy plot. There's always a deeper meaning to their work. And this song has that with lyrics about like, embrace that boy inside of you, then fill it with the wreck I've become. They have the self-awareness why they're acting out. Why they felt compelled to go bad. Because they lost love in their life. They're filling their newfound emptiness with immoral things because they need some vices now to cope. Because they no longer have a good relationship to do that. One other little detail about this, not worth mentioning for any real reason, just petty stuff. One of the members' phone passwords is 112 in this video. 
There could be a whole subplot about how easy it was to hack him. 112, don't make that your passcode. Junie has a new rhythmic pop album slash R&B album called Blank, which is a fitting name. It is kind of a blank canvas of an album. Not only the cover art is white, but the songs follow that general R&B template, but then he paints over it with his own unique colors and his own unique sonic twists and turns. So it is like a blank canvas he's adding to, which makes it very fitting that a standout on the album is called Color Me, one of the pre-release singles. It's a collab with Chun Ha, whose voice sounds amazing on it. It's really tied together well because these dark moody synths start the album and end it with the songs in the front and back. There's some lower tempo songs like Getcha, Just a Number. Boyhood quickens things up. The string layer is interesting. It's got fast but gentle guitar playing. I think the promotion for this album was smartly done. The highlight medley has these interesting vocal fade outs in place of transitions. Very dramatic way to structure it. Bringing sound to the feeling of past memories resurfacing and then retreating again. Which is the basic theme of the video for Not About You. It's a lovely montage of happy moments in a romance before a miscommunication ruins everything. So ironically, an album called Blank, about being a blank canvas, has a single with a PSA about, you better clarify your message, specific communication, and determining who you are and what you want in a relationship and what you don't is key. So his release is both ambiguous and specific in his message. There's a cute new collaboration between Yeri and Sam Kim called Nat Fairy. It's really, really cute. This harmonica-backed, sweet, easy-listening experience just pairs their gentle voices together so well. And the video and lyrics are just a sweet, childlike lullaby-type story about the Nap Fairy who can visit you to help you rest for a minute from the crazy world around you. Although I must admit, parts of the video a bit confusing to me. Like, at first it seems like Sam Kim is the Nap Fairy character, but other times it's just like he's her co-worker. And sometimes it seems like just a sweet friendship. He's her friend by day, the Nap Fairy at night. Other times it seems like a, a budding romance. So I don't know, but either way, really, really sweet. So it's a cross between a romance story and the innermost essence of a children's book. And one notable, really cute detail is that Yuri writes her on a picture of a bunny on her collage. So she has this bulletin board collage with animal pictures. Sam gets an animal too, but clearly Yuri thinks of herself as like the bunny. And I thought that was cute. Classic Yuri. Obviously Seventeen with the new remix of Underscore World with Anne-Marie. Although I will admit, it left a little to be desired. Not as much there that's new to the song, but a bop is a bop. Vizo, V-I-Z-O, released an album last month that deserves way more love. I didn't mention it last month, so I'm mentioning it here. It came out at the very end of July. The song Godzilla is particularly quirky and worth checking out, as well as the title track, Aha. Kumikoda has a new song, Wings, which I honestly just want to shout out for the amazing cover art. That drawing, the kaleidoscopic colors, it is just so gorgeous. AB6 surprise released Chance. Really cute song. Very, very happy. Feel good. Celebratory. With some special footage to help you reminisce a bit about their North American tour this summer. Junji from Only One Of continued the group's interesting chapters. He's the third in their Underground Idol series, as they call it, with another sweet love story told in the video for Be Mine. But I will admit my favorite is still Be Free. That song is a bop and a half. The first Mamamoo subunit is here. Solar and Moonbyul teamed up for Mamamoo Plus to release better with Big Naughty. Their outfits are so cute in this video, and they go on this fun road trip with him, the most iconic hitchhiker imaginable, and they go to the fair together. It's just a very feel-good video for a minimalist R&B track that actually Big Naughty worked on, and who else worked on it? Raven from One Us. Speaking of Mamamoo members, We In teamed up with her now label mate, Ravi, for Bye. This release really surprised me with how well their voices went together. Very different voices, but the styles blended well in surprising ways. And shout out to Ravi for writing this. The song Bye is kind of a dance-ready song, but also very sorrowful about trying to leave a relationship, avoid the pain that might come with it, dark lyrics about feeling lost like you don't have strength to carry on. 
but it's also very light and fun to listen to with an eye-popping lyric video and a very aesthetic choice of cover art. One OK Rock continue to pique my interest and get me excited for their full album release with Let Me Let You Go. Speaking of J-Rock, Band Made are also hyping me up for their new album with the single Unleash. That's not released this month, it's older, but it did get a brand new music video with a very cool animation. It's like an anime movie in miniature with the members' anime alter egos still wearing the signature bandmate outfit with the bows and stuff. Kind of got a TV theme song sequence, cartoon theme song feel to it. Cute, but at the same time very much still sassy, classically them. Joe Yuri has a new song, Maybe, for the Universe app, which continues to impress me just the ways the app-themed advertisements, basically, are really mini-movies. They're very intriguing. You kind of forget it's basically just an ad for Universe. Joe Yuri's story is interesting. It's kind of fairy tale-esque, like the beginning chapter of a fairy tale, the walk in the woods before something ominous happens. Very interesting. I wonder if that's the same woods Quan Unbi was in for her universe song, Esper. Something to think about there. Wanho also released a new song for universe, Don't Hesitate. And honestly, that instrumental goes off. You could just listen to the instrumental and be entertained. Even when BTS aren't busy, they're busy with releasing stuff. On MTV's YouTube channel, they released a cute new animated version of BTS performing Dynamite. And we also got a cute new In the Some animated character version of the Yet to Come music video. So, so cute. And Hyphen is releasing new videos, a really symbolic one for Outro Foreshadow, because they have the sun, this color of the sun, this reddish-yellow-orange sun color that hits the sword. So these squiggly line figures, this hand-drawn feel of the video, shows these characters embrace the sun and replace these purple and pink colors with the sun color. The sword turns into a key, seems like a very notable detail there. The ways the colors tell the story, very compelling stuff. Some particularly intriguing scenes include these multicolored chains breaking, the colorful figures who come and stand together at the end, the fact one figure voluntarily dives into a pit that's the same color the sword used to be before transforming. So going back to your old colors was viewed as something you're willing to do. Plus, there's an image of two figures both falling, but one looks like they're falling up and one's down, so one is kind of reaching out to help the other. That's quite an artistic moment. Either way, you flip it, one of them's relying on the other for help. Then there are, of course, the selfie videos they filmed at KCON, where I had my fangirling, I'm on the cover of a magazine, Mike Wazowski moment, where I'm sure I'm in there somewhere. Now in an officially released video with N-Hyphen, starring me and many, many others, these N-Hyphen and company, it's me, I'm company, videos include Paradox, Invasion, and Polaroid Love. Pretty G, P-R-I-T-T-I, hyphen G, honestly wasn't super enthused about them before. They upped their game with Love Taker. The video does a lot of cool things with transitions. The colors of their outfits, the setting, they all just transition in the blink of an eye. Blink and you'll miss it transitions. Plus the song is catchier than their past ones. The Huang brothers have a really sweet new video out for PR99. It's just a very cute story of young love, very emotional, kind of like a mini C drama. You can quickly become emotionally invested in. The guy and girl are teasing each other so playfully. Just a must watch. I don't know if Gaho will ever beat Rush Hour for me. That was just such a peak for him. Such a freaking jam. I'm obsessed with Rush Hour. So he could not beat that, I don't think. But Beautiful Night is still worth a try, and his voice continues to be very compelling. Omega X have a new Japanese album out, Stand Up, with a title track of the same name. Very fun, beachy, end-of-summer release. Love Em is a particular standout track. It gives me big Super Junior energy. Early day Super Junior. Davi continues to compel with his new album, which means we finally get a new song from Holland. That was an exciting surprise. And Davi continues to have these just very pleasing, interesting, piano-centered songs. If you're into R&B, Jiwoo, J-I-W-O-O, has a very richly produced, layered, just very richly and well-done R&B album. It's called Evergrey. Chanhyun has a new album. The best track is the first one. It's called But, B-U-T, with Dive, and it is simply such a catchy song, and well-positioned as the opener, because it compels you to hear the rest. 
Nogizaka46 are back with I am very, very sorry for this. Suki Toyono Wa Rock Days Special Edition. That title track, very much a jovial, classically them feel. Lots of guitars, cymbals crashing, quite a loud, starting with a bang opener. The video is interesting too. This somber piano starts it out, but then it switches back to this fast-paced celebration, and they just go on a bunch of different adventures together, shopping, camping. But it's kind of like in that video, they're breaking the fourth wall a bit in a planning meeting. So they keep doing things, and then they flash back to the meeting. Like they're in the room planning what concept to go with for this music video in real time. So it's an interesting angle. They also have these eye-catching ballet skirts, big poofy skirts with rainbow stripes that I just find really cute. Their other videos reinforce the frenetic in a good way, boundless energy of their music. Jumping Joker Flash, very comic book-esque, thought bubbles, animated reactions, very jovial guitars and drums, this foam-filled parking lot dance scene, like a car wash was infiltrated by Girl Scouts or something. This rollicking rock jam closes off the album, and right before that I would say Son 6 is the best. Definitely good for fans of Twice, but like Sultry Twice. It's more mature. It's also a good choice if the album's not for you at first. You're like, I don't care for this kind of chaotic energy. Not my vibe. I'm done listening to this album. No, please stick around for Son 6. It's called, and again I'm very sorry for this, Passion Fruit Nota Bacata. This group has always really just held my attention because there are so many of them, but also because I actually talked about them a bit in the first ever episode of How to Stand, called the AKB48 Vision, talking about their whole concept, and it's a long story, we won't go into it now, but from the get-go, they've been very fascinating to me. They have combined different vibes, so their songs always sound like several in one. And their music videos similarly have a lot of dimensions to them. They're definitely an acquired taste for that. But I think in terms of quirky video stories, the best might be Under's Love. That might be the most interesting. It's got this old western feel to the sound, but at the same time, the video is very vampire-themed. They're in a haunted castle, in vintage outfits, sitting down for this dark magic-themed feast. It ends with this dramatic, eerie whisper, flames erupting, and someone handing you, the viewer, a bouquet, a rose bouquet. Then she just has this little sinister smile on her face, walks away, and the screen fades to black. So I don't know if she just gave you a poison rose or what, but something seems sinister. It's quite an interesting premise. Golden Child are back with more synth pop fun in Aura. They have yet another song now called Miracle, which is odd. They also released Miracle in 2018, but now this is a new one. Okay. I'm glad they went back to the Lucid Dream era vibe for replay. Sonically, well done. I also just want to commend them for pulling off a good comeback, despite the absence of their leader, so cut them some slack. Kino from Pentagon has a new solo track, Pose. He actually apparently made a lot of songs for a potential solo, but then ultimately chose Pose. He wrote and composed it with Wu Sok, and he consulted ballet specializing dancers, trying to incorporate contemporary choreography into a very carefully crafted, very specific to him and not Pentagon dance routine. I've been really impressed with DKB lately. This release in particular, Autumn, really, I think, brings home, oh, they have a very classic to them sound and vibe. This is their vibe solidified. And it's really catchy. The new title track 24-7 should be on repeat 24-7. Kana Adachi has a new song, 4321, and I want to shout that out for the video, which is just so aesthetically pleasing. She's got this bright red hair, but otherwise all white setting, all white outfit down to the cute white sneakers, and she is on a rooftop surrounded by white walls, and then she starts splattering herself and all the walls around her with all of these colorful paints. It's just very almost soothing to watch her literally add color to her own world. There are also some scenes in 4321 where she's just posing in bubblegum pink in front of this very cool pinkish-purplish textured wall. It's just a very artsy video. 
BTS released a song with Benny Blanco and Snoop Dogg, because why not, I guess? And it's a very fun song, but I really especially love the video where Benny Blanco really plays the role to a T of a member of the BTS army on concert day, getting his poster ready, rehearsing the songs, even baking a purple cake. He's really just getting so hyped, consciously trying to hype himself up even more than he really has to. But then, of course, at the end, there's a twist, and he's like, I got the date run of the show, but I might as well just sleep in the venue. At this point, I would rather sleep out overnight than go home and come back. Don't harsh my vibe. I already hyped myself up. Don't kill the hype. And honestly, I agree with him. Kepler are making their Japanese debut with Wing Wing. It's a very cute song with lyrics about feeling all fluttery in front of a crush, like your wings are flying really fast, like you're just a bird with uncaged, uncontainable emotions. Kind of a twist on puppy love lyrics. Birdie love, I guess you could say. They wear a ton of really cute back-to-school style inspiration. They have these cute matching skirts with white sneakers they all wear together and in a line do this cool dance move. The whole choreography is cute. They're so in sync. And the settings are just so aesthetic. Lots of pretty colors. Lots to look at. It's just such a treat for both your eyes and ears. Tempest are very charming on the very youthful, very happy, cute new album Shining Up. Shout out to Shido, who co-wrote Young and Wild. If you want something a little less high tempo, a little less happy, only one day is slightly more laid back. I like that ironically, Startup ends the album. There's so much going on in that song sonically. It's like they threw every song at the wall, every sound at the wall for the last song. The video for Can't Stop Shining, so cute, so many fluffy clouds, flowers, big hanging floral displays. I've been quite impressed by Skyle with Bye Bye Bye. Truly, I think they embody the light summery vibe best. So as opposed to Skyle's earlier stuff, I just think this is a better direction for them. Instead of the dark dramatic concept and aesthetic, this light cheerful one really suits them. Speaking of a lighter, cuter concept suiting them, I and I are back with the EPM, which I think, honestly, the reason it's not my cup of tea is because of that. Especially since seeing them at the KCON concert, I've realized how much they are quite likable and charming when they can just be cute and likable and not focus on a, a beast mode style demeanor, a more confident persona. I think they have some cute boyish charm that I would prefer to see. So the password comeback, not for me. Excited for the next era, though, and rooting for them. Keep your eyes on Imlay, the DJ from SM Entertainment. He released Hearts on Fire with Alex Carlson. This seems to take place in the same CGI sci-fi world as Imlay's other videos. I feel like he's laying out a kind of world building that's interesting. I made New Jeans an honorable mention for their self-titled debut because all the videos except Cookie, which came out August 1st, all those videos for all the songs came out in July. So technically, they were an August release, but it didn't feel like it. Honestly, I think the most love should go to Hype Boy. The other songs didn't do it for me. Hype Boy is it. It deserves more love and attention if you ask me. If you're not sure what the big deal is, why New Jeans are such a rookie powerhouse already, I think the appeal, it really comes into full focus when you see their whole very distinct concept. I saw on display at KCON their merch, and it is really one of a kind. It really catches your eye. The cute animations, the interesting packaging, all of the aesthetic details can leave an impact. Cumian's video for W-Wave is quite funny, goofy, likable, impromptu diner concert, but honestly, Yenna with Smiley raised the bar so freaking high that any other impromptu diner concerts in music videos are just subpar to me now. Sorry, Stan Yenna. There's a lot of debate about a pokey, a CGI rabbit, who looks kind of like a CGI person, but with rabbit ears, like an anamorph character. So say what you will about her, but she's honestly released some bops. I have to admit it, I have to admit it. The hip-hop West Swing is just such a bop. Sorry, I'll say what you were thinking. Again, sorry, but I'm also just a little biased because of E-40 being the feature, and his voice just takes me back to listening to IDFWU. Big Sean was like my introduction into the world of rap music, and so that's a whole rant for another day. But I have a secret rap-obsessed side to me that Big Sean helped open, so E-40 helped by association, so... For Eve are back, admittedly not with a tune as great as Boucha or Exceptional, but Less Is More is still a GM. 
The video is very, very aesthetically pleasing. It's giving ultimate gymnastics playground vibes. It's like a kid's gymnastics playground with all these different slides and doorways and props. It's like a big tumbling classroom. And the members are there just sitting around unwrapping their individual gifts that are relatively small. A teddy bear, a Bratz doll, a toy train, a book. As this narrator introduces them and says he's about to introduce the For Eve story in a land far away. It's quite a whimsical video, and the song has a true-to-them touching message about just learning to love the little things. Not every day is good, there's something good in every day. Finding something, no matter how small, that brings you joy and focusing on it. It's the thought that counts, it's the little things in life. Less is more, as the title says. They just enjoy little gifts while also just reminiscing, being very nostalgic, bringing to mind your childhood with the setup. There's also lots of paper mache, cute stickers on their faces, part of their makeup look, very Y2K fashion. For Eve continue to have songs that have really just important special messages with aesthetically pleasing videos to go with. The last one I was really raving about was Exceptional, literally the title. They find ways to tell their story about self-worth and just living your best life in inspiring ways. Rocking Doll are gearing up for a September comeback, and presumably from this comeback, they've released pre-release singles out of the videos for Grey and Pom Pom. So you can't stream them as of recording time yet, but you can stream the videos, and you should. They gave a really interesting interview to 17 Karat K-Pop, talking about their whole origin story as elfish aliens, each from their own planet. It's an intergalactic adventure. More on my site about that. The interview tab on 17 Karat K-Pop, my on-brand shameless plug. But they really are an interesting group with some interesting underrated music video world building. Grey is good for that. The video for Grey, if you're into the narrative, the world building, the fantasy. Pom Pom is better if you're just in for cute outfit inspiration and fun choreography. Dancing along energy. TVXQ released Utsuri, their new Japanese release. I'm honestly really torn if I love or really don't love Max Chainman's long hair. How are you feeling about long-haired Chainman this comeback? I'm very torn. He looks like a movie protagonist, so do with that what you will. I also love the classically SM Entertainment thing they do, where they have that show within a show, movie within a movie premise. The Japanese boy group Generations, one of the Exile Tribe subunits, has a new album out, and I would say the Can't Miss track is Time Slip Love. The most well-mixed, well-produced, the beat drops, the snapping, the whispering, the bass, it all comes together in the catchiest way on that song. Speaking of Japanese artists, Sky High is back with Taku Takahashi for Fly Without Wings, he has that very artfully electronified vocal delivery in the style of Ravi. What he mixes up this time is the music video concept with these cartoonish scenes, these cartoonish superpowers. So in moments it's 2D animations, like he's in a video game or something, or his super speed power is coming from his role in a video game. It's like he's a game character come to life, and the song fittingly sounds like it comes from a video or computer game soundtrack. And I don't mean that in a demeaning way at all. BAE173 released Odyssey Dash. Honestly, the Crush on You era was really cute, but I think they thrive most with these Dash era style concepts. The comebacks with the focus less on just the cutesy stuff and more on the world building in action. They go on this intergalactic adventure, this magical train ride to outer space basically, the must-hear song on this release, though, is probably Toes, because it's very one-of-a-kind, very PLT-esque, J-Park-esque, do with that what you will. City Noise has such a jam for a new single, Copycat. Really interesting glam rock on Ron makeup, kind of Joker-esque, as he sings this just perfect, perfect fusion of rap, EDM, rock, and pop vibes. Rocket Punch are really thriving with that Ring Ring era retro synth heavy sound. Really think this suits them best, and they seem to agree. The whole Flash EP is full of that vibe. Any one of the songs on there could have been their title track. Girls Squared are back. 
Swipe Up is now paired on an EP with Shangri-La. Some cute home video selfie style moments help make it look more personal as a viewer, more of a parasocial relationship thing, like you're video chatting with them. But they also show the beauty in numbers, what you can do in a video with more members, each with a bright party dress, each with their own bright eyeshadow, so many different hues, lots of minty colors. It's just this big fun party and they make sure it feels like you were invited. Speaking of style inspo, particularly for parties, you also gotta check out the looks in the video for Corner Cut Memories by Tokyo Girl Style. And while we're talking about J-pop girl groups, the duo Color Code is back. I recently released an interview with them, which really helped me appreciate them more than ever. They're a duo that's just very likable and inspiring with their approach to music. You can tell in their interview responses how truly just passionate and in it for the music they are and how much they grasp the immense potential for music to be this universal connective language. Really insightful responses to my questions made me better appreciate their music, so make sure to show them some love. Again, their new single is called No One. The Japanese rock band My First Story, a very longtime fave of mine, reminded me just how a plus tier reviver is with X, aka 10, their new compilation album. So if you're new to them, great place to start. The super danceable stuff I have to recommend include the club banger Strangers from BM of Card, the super super cheerful upbeat Boogie Woogie by Cravity, and Oh My God by PCDM, a very choreography-heavy, cool group formation-focused video. Very cool dance routine. Would love to see that song really take off on TikTok. I'm on dance cruise. Last but not least, Sa Actor released Summer End. He has such a pleasant voice. Just anything he sings, so beautiful. As for the best English releases of the month, Night Tempo teamed up with Max, Max the Western artist, for a dope Wasabi remix. And I must admit I love the TikTok smash that was bound to be one no matter what. Getting me nostalgic about the love to hate it, hate to love it, blue by Eiffel 65. BB Rexa teamed up with David Guetta for a new version. Sorry, I like it. I don't like to use the phrase guilty pleasure song, but Blue by Eiffel 65 is not it. But you also have to admit, it kind of is it. That wraps up today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Happy listening, happy watching, and I'll talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody.